Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back at a Chuckery show. Halfway home on this Monday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps, how you catch us on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game. I'm at JMCH316. Got our guy Garrett in here producing tonight. So, day-day taking a, a few days off. Uh, Garrett's producing tonight. Dom DeLuise will produce tomorrow. And then day-day will be back on Wednesday. And then it's then I think, he, I think he's on vacation again or something. Toward the end of uh, next week or whatever like that. I'll be gone the week of the 4th of July. So, um, you know, we talked about this weeks ago, right? Before the month even started that we talked about, and we talked about this with multiples of our folks we talked to about Justin Toscano or Grant or Chris Willis. I mean, people we talked to about the Braves. And we talked about the idea of that the schedule really lightens up in the month of June that the Braves have played a bit of a gauntlet so far to that point, you know, through Memorial day and heading into June, but they were going to play some last place teams, some teams that have probably overachieved and some teams that just weren't very good with a chance to gain a lot of ground over the Mets and Phillies in this month. Right? We talked about all of that stuff. So what have the Braves gone out and done in the month of June? They've played 16 games thus far. So 16 games this month. They are 13-3 and for the month. They've scored 113 runs in the 16 games. Garrett, give me a uh, – get pull your calculator out on your phone real quick and divide 113 by 16. They've they've had 176 hits, seven. So they they've scored seven runs a game. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, seven runs a game in this month. They've hit 34 homers this month, driven in 108, 60 walks, 109 strikeouts, um, 14 stolen bases with only two caught stealing, 14 steals with only two caught for the month. They've hit. 314 with a 378 on base percentage, a 550 slugging percentage. That comes out to, are you ready? A 928 OPS. For an entire team for a month, they have an they have an OPS of 920. Not Ozuna, 
or Ronnie or individual player. As the entire team, they have an OPS of 928. Their offense has been outstanding. And we talked about this, that this, you know, I, I joked about this the other day with Gabe Burns a week or two ago that, you know, they um, they say in golf, Saturday is moving day, right? That's when you start to get the fluctuations of the leaderboard, and Saturday's moving day where you get yourself up in the rankings, right? This month was going to be moving day for the Braves. June was going to be moving day for the Braves. And when you look at what this team has done and the fact that they've started to put some distance between themselves and the Mets having swept the Mets out of town, they got the Phillies now coming up. So right now the Braves are five games up in the division. They've expanded their lead over the Marlins. They're eight games over Philadelphia, and they're now 12 and a half games over the New York Mutts, who are in fourth place. The Mutts are in fourth place, 33 and 38, 12 and a half games out of first. And now guess what that they have the chance to do? Now they have a chance to take on the Phillies and beat the daylights out of them and put them double-digit games behind the lead in the division. And we kind of predicted this come first part of June that we said, you know, this would be an opportunity to open up a lead where you're 10 games or more up on both the Phillies and the New York Mets. So now the Braves are in Philadelphia. They'll take on the Mutts. Um, Strider, Smith Schauver, and Bryce Elder will be your three starters. Suarez, Nola, and Walker will be your three starters for Philadelphia. That'll be Tuesday, Wednesday, and then getaway day on Thursday where they will um, uh, they will uh, play at 105 on Thursday, businessmen special. And then, by the way, too, that week at this uh, this upcoming weekend, the Phillies and the Mutts will play one another. So they'll they'll start to beat each other up. Meanwhile, the Atlanta Braves, who, you know, we've talked about the fact that this schedule's been to their liking, they will take on the Cincinnati Reds this coming weekend. So they go to the Reds, who right now are, hold please, the Reds are 37 and 35. They're in second place, half game behind the Milwaukee Brewers. But let's face it, the Reds are not that great of a team. Uh, the the Braves are the uh, sorry the the Reds by the way are only 17 and 18 at home with a minus 19 run differential, and they've won eight games in a row. They've won eight in a row. And there's still a minus 19 run differential and only two games above 500. So what does that tell you about where the, the Cincinnati Reds have been? So again, by the time we get to July, this could open itself up to a, a, a pretty good sizable lead over both the Mutts and the Phillies. The Mutts are out of it. I'll go ahead and call it. That they, the Mutts are not leaping over Philly, Miami, and Atlanta to win the NL East. 
I, I, the Braves may not win the NL East, but the Mutts are certainly not winning the NL East. They're not overtaking all three of those teams. And, and this could be when you get to the first part of July, depending on what the Phillies do, let's say the Phillies sweep the Braves when all is said and done. Let's say they sweep the Braves, uh, sorry, the uh, the Mutts. Say the Phillies sweep the Mutts after, after we kick the crap out of Philadelphia. They go in and sweep the Mutts. The Mutts may be looking at being out, out altogether. They might, they might be behind the eight ball completely, the division out of hand. And by the way, the Mets are only six games ahead of the Washington Nationals. What does that tell you? With about a payroll of $500 million more than the Washington Nationals, they're only six games better than Washington, who threw in the towel a decade ago, right, or whatever. I mean, they've been behind the eight ball for a while now. But we've talked about it. This is a chance for the Braves to do what they've got to do. And even with the struggles of their starting pitching, when Morton or Strider or Elder, when some of those guys haven't pitched as well, the fact is is that their offense has been outstanding. Their offense hasn't been good. Their offense has been outstanding. And, you know, it's been a situation where when you average seven runs per game, all you got to do is just be competent pitching, right? I mean, just 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 be competent in the way of pitching. Now, as far as the pitching goes in the month of uh, June, let's see here. I'm trying to figure out there. Uh, as far as the pitching goes in the month of June, I'm trying to pull up the stats on it right now. Hold, please. The Braves are the 13-3 and record, obviously, They've struck out 153 guys in 144 and a third innings pitched. They have a 4-1-2 ERA. Now, 4-1-2 ERA would probably not lead you to believe. And by the way, they've uh, they've given up 26 homers. So they've hit 34 homers and they've given up 26 homers with a 4-1-2 ERA. 135 hits in 144 innings, 51 walks, 26 homers given up with a whip of what's their whip? Eh, doesn't have it doesn't have it here on this thing. But with a 4-1-2 ERA, you wouldn't guess that a team would be 13 and 3 this month getting battered around like that. But here the Braves are, 13 and 3, the best team in the National League by far. And I'll say it you know, again, I know the Dodgers will be there and this and that and okay, blah, 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 blah. But right now the Braves are the class, maybe the class of Major League Baseball. They may be the class of Major League Baseball right now. Their offense has been clicking. And what have we said before? When they get the bottom of that order going, when they get the bottom of the order cranked up and going, and it's no matter what the combination is, RC has been outstanding. He should be an all-star player. Ronnie's an all-star, the MVP of the league. Olsen should probably be in the All-Star game. Albie should probably be in the All-Star game. They have so many guys that should be in the All-Star game. Strider should be an All-Star. They have so many guys that should be in. But when they get the bottom of that order cranked up and going, and I haven't looked and seen what what the bottom, you know, guys like Arcia and Harris and guys like that, when they get the bottom of the order going, they're unbeatable. Like, you're not going to beat the Braves if they, if they end up with 
seven for 14, you know, seven for 13, score five runs, drive in six runs. You're not going to beat them when it gets to be the bottom three of the order. And that's where the real depth of this lineup comes into. That's where you that's where you really separate what they're doing and what a lot of other teams are doing. You know, everybody has really good players at the top of their roster. I mean, again, aside from the Oaklands and the Detroit Tigers and, you know, the dregs of the universe. You know, the 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 teams that are really good have good players at the very top. But what separates the Braves from everybody else is that depth of lineup and how they go one through nine and everybody can be productive. Doesn't matter. Even guys that even guys that aren't playing coming off the bench, whether it's a Darno or whether it's a Sean Murphy, the you know, you you have so much depth in this lineup that when they got a clicking, and especially that bottom part, you're not gonna beat them. That's how they're averaging seven runs a game because they get significant contributions out of their seven, eight, nine hitters. I know Ronnie's a really good hitter. I know Ozzy's a really good hitter. I know Matt Olson's a really good hitter. We've talked about the four, the fact that Austin Riley has been a guy that's benefited. Austin Riley's hitting a buck 36 with runners in scoring position. Yet he's on pace for 80 runs to drive in and his career high in runs scored. Why? Because he's got everybody around him that he can either drive in because he's coming up. He's got a 26% runners in scoring position to plate appearance average. So basically, one out of every four times, he's guaranteed to have somebody as a runner in scoring position. He's going to go four at-bats in a game, and one of those at-bats will be with somebody in scoring position. That's how it's averaged out for this year. Not, Not for the month of June. I'm talking about for the entire season. He's averaging one out of every four at-bats with a guy in scoring position. You get that kind of opportunity. I don't know if that leads the league or not. I don't, I don't know, you know what those kinds of numbers are. But I would tell you that you'd have to be, you'd have to be pretty good if, if you're just competent in the lineup. You can drive in a whole bunch of runs. And he's getting an opportunity once out of every four at-bats to drive somebody home. And then when he gets on base – Everybody's just everybody's just doing their thing. Like everybody's just bashing the ball away. And everybody's just circling the bases. And it's just crazy to think about how good and how deep this lineup has been for the Braves. So we talked about June being the moving month. We talked about June, the schedule lightening up drastically. Braves have taken full advantage of it. 13 and 3, hitting 314. For the month of June with a 928 OPS. That good? All right, when we get back, it'll be time for That's Life. Did you see BB Rexa was hit in the face with a phone? Yes. Plus our top 10 as well. Chuck in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, Odyssey.com so 929 and the game back at a Chuckery show. 921 live from the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us on the go. Social media is at 929 the game. I'm at JMCH316 on Twitter. 
Uh, happy Juneteenth to everybody who celebrates uh, today. So uh, we get the federal holiday today and uh, coming a day after Father's Day. So um, busy weekend for a lot of folks. But happy Juneteenth to everybody who celebrates. Do you know who B.B. Rexa is, young Garrett? Yeah, I do. You like her? Nah, sure. I mean, she's fine. She's talented. She is. She's yeah. a good-looking woman, too. Sure. Um, talented got- can mean two things, John. What's that? What? What's it say again now? Talented means two things, sir. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they and they both are. Um, so anyway, um, she was in a she was in concert over the weekend, and a fan threw a phone at her and smacked her right in the head. Uh, and there's video of it too, where she got hit right in the face. Her mother, BB Rex's mom, said that she ended up in the hospital and had to have stitches. On her face. Fans are the worst, man. Uh, God. Now, what would what would possess somebody to throw their phone at her face? Like, what? What? I'm just trying to understand, okay? Because I mean, she's she's probably pretty young. She's probably a millennial, like you. What would possess somebody to? What What's the appeal about throwing your phone at her face? I guess they because wanted the her to was, take a picture. But, but okay, but the guy was arrested. I mean, it's, it's not it's like battery. Well, yeah, it, it's it, it's not like he got away with it. So what would I don't think it was a vind- I don't think it was vindictive. I don't. I doubt it was. I mean, because you would, would use something other than to? your phone. But what would the purpose be? You wanted to take a selfie. It looked like oh, I've seen on. the video. Okay, okay, I agree. I agree. You don't throw your phone at another human being, but. I've seen the video, and it looks like she's holding out her hand or something, and maybe he thought that she was, like, saying, oh toss God. me your phone. And How stupid is that guy? He also he also just chucked that thing. Yeah, he did. He, he, I mean, like, look, whipped it, it in there. It caused her to have to have stitches on her face. Was it Joe Milton who threw it? I mean. He's got a cannon. Well. He threw it hard, man. I was going to say, I mean, you know, I don't know Carson if Beck, I mean. Carson. But, but again, like, can, can you get the electric chair or something like that? <laughs> Is that possible? I don't think so, John. He'll get a fine, sixty days in jail or something. Yeah, he should. He should. He should go on the chain gang and start having and and breaking rocks. <laughs> like, how stupid are these people? Like, I, again, I don't, I don't understand. But you know, that's why celebrities don't want to get near their fans and stuff like that because you might get hit in the face and get stitches from a cell phone. Ugh, Lord have mercy. Um. All right. A bunch of birthdays today. It's David Pollock's birthday today. Um, Zoe Saldana's birthday is today. She's a good-looking woman. Speaking of good-looking women, Dirk Nowitzki's birthday is today. Paula Abdul. Do you like Paula Abdul? You're going to hate me for this, but I know Paula more for American Idol. Yeah, than... I, and, and again, that's because but that's my generation. Asian. Yeah, I, yeah. I, see, I, I I don't have a problem with that because again, you would be you would have been exposed to her. Or what I think for the. How long has American Idiot been around? Two thousand one. Holy, I think? Sp- I, I, it's got to yeah. be twenty well, it years died, old. It died for it died off for a couple years and then it came back. Then they brought it back. Yeah, because yeah, it was Seacrest Simon, and Simon Cowell wasn't part of it anymore, right? Yeah, but it's not the same without Simon Cowell. Right, it was like I, Luke I know Bryan that. I mean, and right, Katy I'm, Perry and uh, it was, Richie. It, it was a totally different show when he was originally. Oh no, on he's it. the OG. Yeah, no, he's absolutely right. absolutely. Well, well, well he, actually, no, the first time Paula Abdul went up to sing, and I was like, why is Paula singing? Why? Is she- he, I was like eight, but he but he actually created the show Simon Cowell. Yeah, and then he he did a break. That t- spinoff that t- like when I, when I bumped, when I bumped into him at LAX, 
he was getting out of his he was getting out of a car and he was with his girlfriend at the time and I and I was trying to get up to to the gate for my flight because yeah. we were running late and I kind of just bumped bumped into him him and so What's I, he like? I didn't huh? What's he like? Ball. I mean he's he's you know again a dwarf I mean you know yeah he's like five four or something oh yeah five five yeah. I'll tell you the guy who's really small is Cato Kalen. Cato Kalen's really small like I saw him at. at in Hollywood at Lucky Strike, and I we took his girl, and well, I took his girl, and went and played pool. But anyway, that's a whole separate story on there. So, you steal his woman, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, John, come yeah. on, man. Uh, man, look, you can't steal was, another man's woman. She was, she was a good-looking woman, sure, and and she kept watching us play in pool okay. at Lucky Strike, the, the bowling alley, the celebrity bowling alley, and and I was like, hey, you want to come over and play with us? And she's like, yeah. So I brought her over, and we start playing pool together. Good for you, man. So why not? But what was he gonna do? <laughs> Uh, in all honesty, like you know, again, this is two thousand two or three. Like I'm all jacked up on roids and everything like that. What's yeah, he gonna that do? Makes sense. Yeah. What's he gonna do? So anyway, back in your security guard game. Uh, oh phase. yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right. Uh, Ann Wilson. Have you ever, do you know who Ann Wilson is? I know that name. She's the lead singer of Heart. Okay. Fabulous singer. Like one of the best voices of all time. I bet. Lou Gehrig and Mo Howard. Do you know who Mo Howard is? I don't know that one. The Three Stooges. Oh, Larry Moan Curly. Yes. That's what. No, I, that's what my mom called us when we were kids. Okay, Larry Moan Curly. Well, again, uh, I didn't know sure. his actual name. I know I'm, Larry Moan. I'm sure you were Curly. Anyway, they were all brothers. You know that. Mm-hmm. And Shemp was was the other brother too. So okay. Um, I was Mo, by the way. I'm the middle brother. Yeah, I mean, you look more like Larry, but anyway, I do. I do. Um, you you don't have like the stringy hair sticking out the sides or anything like that, though. But anyway, all right. Uh, so tonight's top ten list. Your top ten, I was thinking about this with B.B. Rexa because she's got that song out that um, is the sample of that blue da-ba-dee-da-ba-da song yeah. uh, with, with David Guetta and all that. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, so it's a fun song to, to dance of to. So, so tonight's top ten list, and, I, and I'm very interested to hear this out of Garrett. <laughs> Your top ten favorite songs to go out and dance to. Garrett, the floor is yours. See, John Chuckery, when I when you first mentioned this to me, I was like, "Is this just a wedding?" And then I thought, the more I think about it, I'm like, "Yeah, this is just something that I would the music I'd want to hear at a wedding." Yeah, like, and that's kind of what I want because okay, I'm a dancer or, at a or wedding. Or at a club. I mean, if you go to a club or something, I don't really like go that. to clubs though. I go to bars and, and okay. have like live music, but I'm not dancing. So at you, bars. you like you, I'll dance so at you're weddings. One of those pe- you one of those people that go to like one of those clubs that has like an acoustic guitar and all that kind of stuff. I don't go to clubs. I go to bars. Or, well, I'm, I'm saying okay, like a bar. You go you like a bar. Guy's yeah, got and an if acoustic it's like guitar and all that, he's singing live. Sure, yeah, okay. I'll do that. All I'll right. do that ahead of it, and the, or just like a regular old band or something. And okay, it's right. not really dancing music necessarily. It's a right. it's a right. foot tapping music. Sure, you know, a head head bobbing music. But it, but for dancing, I'm thinking of a wedding. So okay, I, I have to think of stuff that I would want. I'd want my date to want. So I had to think through some of these things. Okay. So number ten, I got Dancing Queen, ABBA. Okay, good song. Nine is. Feels so close. It's Calvin Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great song. Yeah, I'm, I'm mixing genres here, by the way. And, and no, no, no. I'm, again, this is this is supposed to be all over the board. Of course, it's I got a, I got board. a bunch of them. So the next one's Closer by Chainsmokers. You might remember that one. This just takes me back to college, back when I was dancing with more uh, ladies. I know who the Chainsmokers are, but I don't remember that. song. Halsey was also on that song. Okay, you. All if right. I played that, I, I can play it as a bumper, and you, and okay. you will absolutely you, I, recognize I would prob- it. I would probably recognize. You'll if, recognize with Halsey and everything. I'd probably recognize. You, it. it was played. It was played. It reminds me of my junior year of college. Okay, specifically, and it, it was played every karaoke night okay. in, in Statesboro. It was played three or four times. Nice. It okay. was just one of those songs. All right. Seven. Hey ya. Outcast. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Number six. Don't you worry, child. That's Swedish House Mafia. 
Swedish House Mafia. Yeah, don't I'm you not worry. Fa- don't you worry, child. I'm not familiar no. with their work. I'm not. I'm not familiar. They're with pretty their good. Work. Okay, you enjoy right. it if you like some of these other. If you like Calvin Harris and you like yeah. Swedish House Mafia. Well, Calvin Harris is like one of those DJs that's worked with everybody. Right? Well, that's a Swedish Rih- House Mafia. Rihanna and Dua Lipa. I yeah, mean, you would recognize. You yeah. would recognize Swedish House yeah. Mafia too. Uh, five is yeah, Usher and Ludacris. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Number four is in the club. Fifty Cent. I think oh. it's in Duck Club, I guess, but okay, no, yeah, fifty cent. We'll, we'll talk about that song in 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 a, in a minute here too, because it's <laughs> like I'm talking list. different genres. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, gotta get some Tim McGraw in here. I like it. I love it. Really? Yeah, so that's a, a good country. one. Little country, little country. I love. Wow. I'm a Statesboro okay. guy, man. Okay, Georgia right. Southern. I had to throw a little bit country okay. in there. All right, you know, number two. Now is, now is he? You know, again, is he considered real country? Sure. I mean, is, it was he was kind of. He was kind of the big four, show. Like, like, he's big show country. He, yeah, he like was, he's a stadium. He was the forerunner of those because now all the country artists aren't really country artists. Like no, Luke they're Bryan, making a return back. Yeah, Luke, they're returning Luke back. Luke Bryan and all that. Like those guys aren't country artists. Yeah, well, Luke Bryan's not, but Tyler Childress let, let, is. Let me let me tell you, if Waylon Jennings had met any of those guys like Luke Bryan and stuff like that, he would have taken his guitar and smashed it over his head. Now Zach Bryan. Zach Bryan, you know, something in the orange, you know, stuff like that? Yeah. That's more country music. Tyler Childress, more country music. I mean, but if, like if Luke if, Bryan, Luke Combs, that's not, that's not country. No, 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 no. I mean, no, I mean no. Luke Combs. That's not, a, that's not proper Luke country. Co- Luke Combs is a song on now where he's covering that Tracy Chapman song. Luke Combs, Luke Combs can re- it's drive, right? Yes. Great song. Great song. But the, uh, or no, uh, not drive. It's uh Daddy's Car or something like that. I can't remember what it is. But Drive is also another great song. I actually thought about putting that one on here. Alan Jackson. Um, At least Alan Jackson's country. He's you know, he's country. That's proper country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. But Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw is the guy you're going to go find at Mercedes-Benz yeah, Stadium. Yeah, you know he's you know? Tim McGraw's He'll... son. The, the former relief pitcher. Really? You didn't know that? No, I didn't know it, yeah. His, his dad was Tug McGraw, the famous relief pitcher. Uh, was the... Closed out the 1980 World Series for the Philadelphia Phillies. How about that? Mm-hmm. Left-handed well, pitcher. Him. Yeah, well, Tim McGraw can sell out a stadium. Oh, yeah. He sure He's can. He's got a good-looking wife. He sure does. Yeah, he absolutely Hill. does. Yeah. Um, number two on the list, Levels by Avicii. Oh, okay. That's I a know, great yes, song. I know what that is. Yes, and uh, yes. that, that takes me back to high school a little bit, just when um, it was the backdrop of every single hype video that I ever watched. Nice. Every single hype video. And number one, of course, Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Oh, boy. Love that song. Wow, okay. You play that song at a wedding, that gets every single person their height. Every single person's on the dance well, floor for Mr. Brightside. Okay, if it's young people. I'll, I'll if give, you're under the age of 40, you're okay, on the dance I'll floor. I'll give you the best dance song of all time. All right, so my honorable mention list is Dress You Up by Madonna, um, Erotic City by Prince, Okay. Um, Billie Jean by Great, Michael so I Jackson. almost put that one on there. Um, you could do Beat It as well, but Billie Jean Billie is, is, the, the one. is the real song yeah. that, that gets it going. Um, it Takes Two by Rob Bass. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip around here a little bit. YMCA, because I, oh, I was Oh, yeah, okay, fine. It, yeah. Again, you that, could, one's a, that one's even too cheesy for me. I know, but again, I grew up in the 70s, so, you know, I was listening to, I was listening to the village people when they were live, like when that when those songs were popular, in the Navy, YMCA, Macho I, Man. I just can't even think about YMCA. I, I oh just, yeah. Oh, I it remember that. To like camp. I, I, that's, we what had, I, that's all I can think of is camp. We, we had we had that because again you can have the fun with the with yeah the of course and it's fun for kids and yes. it's easy to dance to and yes. yeah whatever. 
Um, Love You Like cheesy. a Love Song. Okay. By uh, Selena Gomez. Um, Selena in there. What's that? Little Selena Gomez. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. On the Floor by Jennifer Lopez. Love that song. I don't like Jennifer Lopez. Really? I, I don't, it's a hot take, I know, but it's just. Wow. They're, they're going to blast me on the uh, Solomon Brothers Diamond text line for that take, wow. but okay. I, I just don't. I'm not a big fan of her. Okay. All I'm not, right. I, she just doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry. Um, Levitating by Dua Lipa. Great song. Love that song. Song of the summer last year. Yes. Love that song. Great song. Um, so Into Club is on my list as well. Of course. Now, that it checks was, a lot of boxes. That was in the early two thousand, like early mid two thousands when that came up. So, I'm telling you, when that song, when I, I was like partying in, in bars and nightclubs in, in Midtown, and when that song would come on, <laughs> I mean, everybody went to the dance floor. When, <laughs> when 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 he starts off with the go 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 shorty, it's your birthday, and that every it's about as every, good as it gets. Everybody is on the floor and singing that song. Like, mm-hmm. that's one of the great songs to get everybody together of all time. Everybody gets hyped floor. up for that one. Absolutely. Everybody does. Absolutely. Um, the best dance song ever done is Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Oh, good one. That's um, a good one. Because you can get black, white. You can get old, young. You can get kids. Kids, even 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 my teenage daughter knows that song. Everybody knows Everybody that one. Everybody knows that song. And it's got that beat. That is completely infectious. Mm-hmm. And then my personal other favorite is LL Cool J, Around the Way Girl. I love Around the Way Girl by, by LL Cool J. Love that song. So hit us up with your list as well. When we get back, Kevin Sweeney joined us earlier in the show from SI.com talking some NBA draft. Chuck, we're hanging out in the Key Studios. Sports Radio, 19 on the game, Odyssey.com app. But if there's nothing shaken, come this here July. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show coming to you live on this Monday evening as we get ready for the NBA draft. Coming up Thursday, don't forget, we'll be at State Farm Arena. Myself, Deshaun Tate, Caleb Johnson. We will all be there at State Farm for the Atlanta Hawks draft party. So come on, uh, get a ticket and uh, come on out to State Farm Arena and join us. Let's head out to the wadeford.com hotline. Let's talk about the NBA draft with Kevin Sweeney. He's college basketball and NBA draft writer for Sports Illustrated. SI.com is where you can check out all of his work. And he is on Twitter at CBB underscore Central. Kevin, really appreciate a few minutes with us tonight. Uh, Thanks for joining us in Atlanta. Yeah, appreciate you having me, guys. Let's uh, let's start with the Hawks pick at, at, at 15. You know, this looks like a pick that whatever player it is, and I, I, I really don't even care what the name is on the back of the jersey, this feels like one of those picks that's going to end up in the G League pretty quickly, given the fact that the Hawks have so many guys under contract, and they do have a, a plethora of young players uh, that are on the roster actively. It feels like their pick at 15 is more kind of just let that kid go to College Park, play for the Skyhawks, and let him develop from there. It's right in that weird range where if it was in the 20s, you'd feel really confident in saying that. At 15, you chance you get a pretty good player. And I think if you're, if you're the Hawks, you're hoping to get some long-term upside there, whether that's a guy who can play right away or a guy who needs more seasoning. If I was Atlanta, though, I think I'd be trying to swing for, can we find that extra starter in a couple of years that could really help us down the line on a cheap contract. Do you think that there's any chance that the Hawks could move either direction, whether they look at moving up in the draft or 
whether they look down. I mean, what are you kind of hearing about potential Hawks rumors about, you know, going either direction or are they content just to kind of stay at 15? I mean, everyone's talking this time of year. I haven't necessarily heard the Hawks as like a leader to move up or down, but I think there's a real chance that things get a little crazy here in the first five to eight picks. And if that happens, there could be quite a bit of trickle down down the draft that could impact the Hawks. Do, do you think that there are teams that are actually looking to, I mean, look, if we know that the number one pick is, is set in stone, does that encourage teams to want to draft higher or, you know, because again, you know, you're not going to get the best player arguably in the draft Are teams scared off from trading high up into the draft. I don't necessarily think they're scared off because I think there's there's three other guys that I think most teams really value and, and have most teams believe have a chance to have like a high level of success in the NBA, and that would be Scoot Henderson from G League Ignite, Amon Thompson from Overtime Elite, and Brandon Miller from Alabama. I think you've seen the Pelicans have been very vocal about wanting to move up and potentially get Scoot at two or three. I think I think he will be the clearest target of a lot of teams trying to move up, but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, at all to see to see movement in the top four to get their hands on one of those one of those big name prospects. It's it's not just a Wemby draft, and that's the the common narrative. And he's really really good. He's transcendent. But I think there's really you know that there is strength at the top of this board outside of him that, that teams will want to attack. Kevin Sweeney joining me here on the WaitFor.com hotline, college hoops writer and NBA draft writer for Sports Illustrated SI.com, so we can check out all of his work. So you, you mentioned Brandon Miller, and, and obviously. I, I guess there's baggage that goes along with that pick. But, you know, at the end of the day, is it just a matter of talent wins out? I mean, I know he, he didn't get in any trouble, but obviously the optics of the situation at Alabama are going to follow him around. But is it just a matter of the talent is too great to, to pass on him, or is anybody potentially scared off by some of the off-the-court things that went on? Uh, I think teams have done their due diligence and don't seem all that concerned, right? I think everyone would be, would agree that Brennan Miller made a bad decision that day. But uh, in terms I, – I, I don't think from the people I've spoken to around the league that there's a feeling that he's a bad person or a person that you don't want to bring into your locker room or is a risk long term. I think people, for the most part, have thought that he's a really hardworking guy, a really – you know, a, a, a good – kind of piece to add to your locker room overall that incident obviously you know horrible what happened but his involvement was rather minor kind of in the grand scheme of that uh incident unfortunately when you're talking about someone's life that's you know it's tragic and it's something that every team has discussed and to try to discuss with him uh but but i think for the most part it won't be something that holds back his stock on draft night so how set are we that is there any I mean, obviously, it's Wemby one, and you mentioned three other players. Is there any other dark horse candidates that could sneak in to that top, let's say, two through four? I mean, you know, is there anybody besides those three guys that you're looking at that might be a dark horse to get into the top three, four picks? I think the one you'd probably highlight is Cam Whitmore from Villanova. If he's this big, explosive wing who can really make shots, didn't have the best year in college, but he's just so talented, and I think a guy that depending on what happens with the first two to three picks, he could be on the board at four. I think there's a real chance that, 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 that he winds up number four and then that drops Eamon Thompson to number five or even six at Orlando, which I think is probably his floor. You mentioned uh, some of the guys that, that are, are looking at being drafted. And um, when, you look at, when you look at besides Wemby, 
who do you think has the highest upside? Who who do you think has that really high ceiling that could be the next most dominant player in the draft? I think the the next highest ceiling is probably Amen Thompson from from Overtime Elite. I mentioned him a bit earlier, but he is six foot seven. His upside is that he could be a point guard, and he is an elite athlete. Like he is the best athlete in this draft class. He might be the best athlete in the last 10 years. I mean, it's him and Zion Williamson in my mind in terms of the level of athleticism and the level of functional athleticism, how he's able to use that in a game. I know he hasn't necessarily played at the highest level, right? He's coming from, you know, essentially directly from high school. Uh, and so that will be a huge adjustment for him. Uh, his shot needs work. That's the question mark. But if he becomes a consistent outside shooter to go with his ability to defend multiple positions, his ability to get downhill, he has a chance to be a really, really special NBA player. You know, when when you look at some of these players, you know, again, uh, Victor, you know, Wemby is from France. Um, Scoot Henderson uh, is from G League Ignite. I mean, you know, it, it's it's not necessarily some of the, you know, traditional blue blood college players. I mean, is there now becoming a, a different pathway for guys to the NBA to increase their stock? Or, you know, is still the old-fashioned way of being – you know, in a blue blood, plo- blue blood program, the best way to go? I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing is that there's just so many more avenues. It's not necessarily that one is better than the other. I think there's been mixed bag with G League so far. Some of the overtime elite stuff is too early to really tell, but some, of the, some guys have, ri- have raised their stocks. Some guys have struggled, and, and that has hurt them. Obviously, overseas is, is a growing and continue to grow in terms of its influence. I think the biggest thing is that kids really have options now, and NBA teams are scouting earlier and earlier. Like, there will be, you know, and there will be affiliations from all 30 NBA teams uh, at Peach Jam, Nike's big recruiting event this summer. And they will be watching not just 17 new players who are a year away from college. They're going to be watching 15- and 16-year-olds getting ready for future draft classes. And so there's, there's, there's long-term planning, and because of that, I think teams – feel confident that even if a kid chooses maybe the road less traveled, they've seen them in other contexts and feel pretty good about the guys they're getting. Kevin Sweeney, college basketball writer, NBA draft writer for Sports Illustrated SI.com, joining me here on the waitfor.com hotline. Who's one of those late round, late first round sleeper picks that you're looking at? Who's one of those guys that could really end up being a, a high level player that maybe you get in that 20 you know, to 30 type of range? Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, what Christian Brown did in the postseason for, for Denver this past year is a model of, like, what every team in the 20s is looking to draft, which mm-hmm. is a guy that has some upside long-term but is really able to come in and, and help you right away. And I think this year that guy is Omax Prosper from Marquette. He's a six-seven long athletic wing who can guard multiple positions. He makes threes, and, and he's just low maintenance. Like, he's going to come into an NBA game. You're never going to have to drum up a play. He's going to find ways to impact the game with his ability to defend, with his ability to keep the ball moving, with his ability to make shots and cut. I mean, he's just a really smart, uh, smart basketball player. He's gotten better every year. I mean, his development arc has been pretty crazy to watch. And so uh, he was a guy that I think coming into the draft process, people thought, oh, maybe he could be late second round. Now it's late first, and it wouldn't even be shocking if he was off the board 18-19 in this draft. You know, it's funny because, you know, talking about Denver, talking about the Celtics, talking about Golden State – you know, they find players that even when you're drafting in the, you know, 20s to 30s, fit what they want to do. You know, is, you know, again, outside of the stars, you know, in the NBA, are teams smarter or, or are players better about 
just fitting a role for a team that you don't have to. I mean, it's not like the NFL where you expect to draft somebody who can even be a difference maker at 25 or whatever like that. But it seems like they're, when the good teams draft in that position, they find guys that are role players that do exactly what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, I think the best, the best organizations just have a, an incredible pulse on what guys can help you uh, uh, immediately and what guys will fit into your, your culture. And I think the best players in the NBA fit into multiple systems that are able to help you because, you know, some of the same skill sets tr- translate regardless of whether you're playing with Steph Curry or Nikola Jokic or Jason Tatum, right? For three very different players, but as a role player, how you impact winning is how you, how, how you do things without the ball, how you defend. And I think those guys are, are really a, put a premium on it in, in today's NBA. Uh, I, I think obviously scouting makes a huge difference and that's, you know, that, that is truly where you move the needle. And, and when you want to win championships, you have to make really good moves at the margins, right? Like, obviously, it's great to land a Jokic in, in the, the second round, but that's not likely to happen a lot of times. But when you're Denver and you land Christian Brown with a late first-round pick and he helps you, and Bruce Brown kind of off the waiver wire, and he really, really helps you, like, those small small moves are the things that add up to winning championships. And I think that's, the, that's what every team in the NBA is trying to, trying to replicate. So how big of a can't-miss is is Victor Wemby? I mean, how 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 much? I mean, look, Zion is a really good player, but he can't stay on the court and he can't stay healthy. And and it doesn't matter how good of a player you are if you miss fifty five games a year, you're not impacting your basketball team. How 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 good can this guy be at number one? How and again, I think he's going to the right organization with with you know Pop and the and the San Antonio Spurs. But I mean, how limitless is his ceiling right now? I mean, he can, he can be transcendent because he has the skill set of, you know, some of the best wings we've seen in the NBA with not just center size, like the, one of the biggest players immediately in the NBA at seven foot four, seven foot five. Like, like he does things when you watch games at really high levels. I mean, he's playing in France against teams that have five, six, seven former NBA players and just dominating still. And, be, and yes, there will be clips taken out of context where he gets kind of shoved under the basket and, and, and beat up because he's not as big and strong as everyone else, but his overall impact on the game is just immense. So I think outside of injury, it's very hard to envision him failing. The only, you know, the, the only caveat obviously is that the expectations are now so high that anything, anything, but, you know, seven, eight, nine time all-star in his career, people are going to consider as a disappointment. But to me, like I wouldn't be at all surprised if he reaches that ceiling and then, not only that, but but smashes through it. I, I think the hype is fully justified with Victor Wembanyama. Is that still the knock and the hype that players that come from overseas aren't as tough, aren't as physical? I mean, you know, that was always the mantra about the soft European players that that come over and play. Is that still a thing, or you know, are are guys now getting away from that kind of narrative or that label that's been put on them? I think for the most part, we've gotten away from it. I mean, obviously, some people, some, some organizations are going to hold certain, you know, certain things, you know, more important than others. But I think with Victor, the biggest concern is just his frame, right? Like, I, I think it's less so, is he tough enough? I think there's, I think most people around the league believe he's really competitive. It's more so, will his body hold up? Because we just have never seen a body like his uh, in, in the NBA. So hopefully, you know, he does stay healthy, right? We don't want to see one of, you know, the great talents in the history of the league have his career derailed, but I mean, that, that is the concern, right? If you're, if, if you have any doubt of whether Victor Wembanyama is going to have the career everyone wants to have, it's not, Oh, we don't think his game will translate it. Will he be able to stay on the floor for 82 games? 
Kevin Sweeney, he covers college basketball in the NBA draft for Sports Illustrated. SI.com is where you can check out all of his work. And on Twitter, at CBB underscore Central. Kevin, uh, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for being a part of the show here in Atlanta. And we will certainly chat again soon. Looking forward to it, guys. Have a good one. You got it. John Chuck, we will be back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.